Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. If you want to create change in any area of your life, you're in the right place. Together, we'll explore the strategies and tools I've used to lose over 100 pounds, pay off $130,000 in debt, and become a multiple seven-figure business owner. I've supported thousands of women to levels of execution and fulfillment they didn't know were possible. So if you're frustrated, If you're doubting yourself, if you're not enjoying the journey, there's a better way. Together, we'll break through your past patterns, we'll eliminate the appeal of your excuses so you can get consistent, stay consistent, create the results you want, and most importantly, enjoy the journey. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. I hope you are having a fantastic day today. We are going to get into a lot of things. Very uh, appropriately, a question came in about getting frustrated with your journey and comparing yourself to other people. And I actually just had a really powerful conversation about this inside the consistency course. So we're going to touch on that a little bit. And somebody also wants to know, how do I stop thinking about dessert 24-7? And there's a money question. Uh, I had posted in the Primal Potential free Facebook group about what you guys wanted to hear about on the podcast. And somebody basically said, I'd love to hear you talk more about saving money, 401k, planning for the future in terms of money. So we're going to do all of that today. couple of reminders Before we get into it, and then of course I want to say what I'm giving away. Actually, we'll start with that. So one of the other things that came up when I asked in the Facebook group what you guys want to hear about, somebody said, I think his name was Mike. We'll call him Mike. Mike said that he loved when years ago I used to do what I ate today posts. And I did it a lot of times on social media. Sometimes I did it on my blog back when I blogged. And um, he said it was really helpful and gave him ideas. And a few other people were like, yeah, me too. I love that. I missed that. So I have been sharing that a little bit over in the Primal Potential Facebook group. I'll probably keep it there. But two days in a row, I shared that I had either uh, a clean protein smoothie or I put some um, clean chocolate protein powder in Greek yogurt. And a lot of people are asking what it is, what I like, what I recommend. So today I'm going to give away my favorite clean protein and I will announce the winner at the end of the show. All you have to do to be eligible to win is leave a review of this podcast on whatever app you use to listen. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll announce that at the end of the show. The other thing that I wanted to mention is our free training series. So I'm doing this live free training series, at least one per month. The April training topic, um, we're going to be doing it on Wednesday, April 26th at 8 p.m. Eastern time, totally free, totally live. Uh, and I stay on until every question is answered. It's going to be all about carbs and fat loss because there is a lot of misinformation and misunderstanding around carbs and carb metabolism and fat loss. So If you are not signed up for those free trainings and you have to be signed up to get the the replay, 
do not wait. Go to primalpotential.com forward slash free dash trainings, primalpotential.com forward slash free dash trainings. I'll also link it up in the show description. Um, and then lastly, we're coming up on our annual fundraising event for the Dagny Foundation. If you haven't yet registered, you can participate from anywhere in the world. Please go to the dagnyfoundation.org. And um, even if you can support in the way of $2. If everybody that listened gave a dollar or two, we would be able to make massive, massive impacts on families who are navigating infant crisis and infant loss. So head to thedagnyfoundation.org. Okay, let's do this, shall we? I'm excited about all of these. I love talking about money. We'll do that at the end. But before we get there, um, somebody said, I get frustrated with comparing myself to others and their faster ways of weight loss, and I'm trying to stay in my own lane, hoping that you have some tips on how to stop doing this. So this sense of like I'm frustrated with my journey is very, very common, and and it happens with or without comparison, right? So there are people who feel frustrated when they're looking at the journeys of others. And there's also people, probably more people, who feel frustrated looking at their own journey. I was just emailing with a client this morning who was saying, you know, the last few years I've kind of been bouncing back and forth with the same 20 or 30 pounds. And I'm like really disappointed in myself for kind of being in this same place years later. And the the way that this came up on, uh, we have these group calls in the consistency course and you just work through stuff together because I don't know about you, but I need that. People I work with need that. And I was saying that I'm no longer willing to judge myself or allow any kind of negative emotion, frustration, disappointment, regret, shame around what's behind me. And that doesn't mean that I don't care. I think a lot of people feel that the judgment and the disappointment and the regret and the resentment and the shame is because they care. And you can care about something very much and still not be willing to be judgmental of yourself or other people about it. And I was thinking about it this way after I got off the the call with the folks in the consistency course. If you were teaching a kid math and every time they got something wrong or they forgot to turn in an assignment or maybe they were out sick. If every time something like that happened, you said to that child, seriously, you're still not getting it right? Like, what is wrong with you? You need to take this more seriously. You can't skip these things. If you did that every single time, how much effort do you think they would continue to put in? Like, do you think that that would be motivating for them or do you think that it would be demotivating? Do you think that they would be more likely to show up with an open mind and do the work or less likely? Because I feel pretty strongly that they would just disengage, right? And they they would stop trying because I can't do anything right. What's the point? No matter how hard I try, I'm just getting beat down. And yet we do that to ourselves over decades And never stop to say, huh, maybe there's a different approach I could take here. Maybe I can care about this and put forth effort without being so critical and so judgmental, whether that is of myself or it's in comparison of myself to other people. You can care, you can try, you can put forth effort without comparing and judging. Now, one of the things that I remind myself when it comes to comparing to other people is 
It's a pretty natural thing to do, all right? But I want to use it as a tool and not as a weapon. Meaning, if I see somebody who is losing weight really effectively, I'm not going to weaponize that and be like, why can't you get it together, Elizabeth? Why can't your body work that way? No, I'm not going to weaponize it and be dramatic. I can use it as a tool by saying, is there something that I'm not doing that they're doing that I want to do? Now, they could be doing something that I don't want to do or that I think is dangerous or, you know, that I'm not willing to do. And that's fine. But you can still question that and evaluate that and use that as a tool. I, I've talked about this a lot before when it comes to jealousy or envy in other areas. Like if I see a couple and I perceive their relationship to be amazing and they're doing date nights on a regular basis and I think like, oh man, I wish that we could have that kind of connection or spend that much time together. Well, I want to use that as a tool and not weaponize it to be like, why can't we have more time? Why can't we get it together? Why can't we communicate better? No, I'm not going to weaponize what could be a tool. And using it as a tool can mean something like, well, if I'm feeling this way because they're going on more date nights, do I want us to go on more date nights? And what do I need to do to put that into practice But whether we're talking about money or business or weight or fitness or anything under the sun, you don't have to weaponize it. And you're weaponizing it when you're all in the woe is me, disappointed in myself, frustrated mode, as opposed to curious. And is there something here that I want to borrow? And if there's not, well, then let me just get back to my own business. Let me just get back to my own business. When you are looking at, say, the last year and you haven't made the progress that you wanted to make, well, you don't have to weaponize that. I can't believe it. What's wrong with me? Why do I always do this? I should be further along. Use it as a tool. All right. So is there a way that I can harness that desire that I'm feeling when I reflect back and I wish things were different? Like, how can I harness it and use it to serve me today? This is about becoming a better thinker and being more mature, two of the things that come up constantly in the consistency course because the things that keep us from our goals in a lot of cases are not being a mature thinker, being overly emotional, and not being solution focused, being caught up in how we feel about the problem more than we are giving our energy and attention to what we can do about the solution. All right, this next question says, I love this one because I love dessert. How do I stop thinking about dessert 24-7? Well, the big one would be, what else are you excited about? Do you have something else in your life that you're excited about? And if not, put things in your life that you're really excited about. Not long ago, we joined a new church. And I've really been stepping outside of my comfort zone to get involved and and meet new people and build relationships. And so that gives me something to look forward to. I'm reading a book right now that I really love that gives me something to look forward to. I think about like, oh, you know, if, if the girls are napping when Roman's napping, maybe I can take 15 minutes and read. Or we're hosting Easter and I'm trying to think about different ways to make it special. So have things that you are excited about. And if you don't have things that you're excited about, get some, right? And they can be things that you do at home by yourself or they can be things that you do out in the world with other people. I suggest both. 
but have things in your life that you are looking forward to outside of food. I believe that that's a big part of this struggle when people like the only thing that's bringing them pleasure on a given day is food. You get to seek out and create a life where there are other things that are pleasurable to you. That, again, could be reading a book. It could be sitting outside with your first cup of coffee. And as the weather's starting to get warmer, at least it is around me, that could be something that you really, really look forward to. Create change in your life and in your environment where you have other things to be excited about. Then beyond that, Maybe the problem isn't that you're thinking about dessert a lot, but maybe the problem is how you're thinking about dessert. So you can still think about dessert and shift to, you know, what's really worth it and what's not worth it. When I was big into my my pattern of binge eating, the stuff I was binging on wasn't really worth it 90% of the time. It was just what was convenient or accessible, what I could get my hands on. So maybe when you're thinking about dessert, you're thinking about, well, what do I want my relationship with dessert to be like? Do I want to have dessert every day? Do I want to have a little bit? Do I want to have a lot? Is my goal to eat as much dessert as I can every single day? And if not, well, what do I want that relationship to look like? And how can I do that? It's not necessarily thinking about dessert that's the problem, but how you're thinking about dessert. So consider those things. This next question says, I would love to hear you talk more about saving money, 401k, planning for the future in terms of finance. Well, first, I'm not a financial expert. I don't give financial advice. None of this is to be taken as financial advice and talk to a qualified financial advisor, blah, 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 all those normal disclaimer things. I'm not. It is an area of passion for me and an area of interest for me, but I am not an expert in investing or 401ks or even money in general. But I do love talking about money. I think people should talk about money more. I think people should focus on money more in terms of, and the reason I say that is Chris Harder says when good people make good money, they can do great things. And I know that I'm not looking for financial success so that I can have a bigger house and a boat and all of these things, but because it allows me to spend more time with my children. And because I can be a blessing to other people and it really means a lot to me when I can be generous with people in my life. Um, So that's kind of why I think people should talk about and um, pursue financial flexibility. You know, when, when the twins were in the NICU, I just stopped working. You know, I mean, sure, after a little while, I I would start to work a couple hours in the evening after Roman went to bed. But uh, that was a huge gift to my family and a huge gift to my babies and a huge gift to myself. So um, in terms of saving money. So when I first started, I was working for a company on a fixed salary, as was my husband at the time, my first husband. Um, And so my initial goal was get out of debt. And we followed Dave Ramsey's kind of debt snowball, that's what he calls it, debt snowball approach, which means that you tackle your smallest debt first while making minimum payments on all the other stuff. And every extra dollar goes towards that smallest debt. And whether it's an extra $5 a week or it's an extra $100 a week, it really doesn't matter. Uh, You know, we would sell some stuff we were using around the house and all of that money would just go towards that smallest debt until it's gone. And then you repeat the process with the next smallest debt. That is how I got out of debt. And I think that that is one of the most important 
steps you can take. Now, I'm not talking about mortgage, and a lot of times it actually makes more financial sense to have a mortgage than to pay off a mortgage for a number of reasons, uh, and especially if you have a lower interest rate mortgage. So uh, my mortgage on the house that we live in is just under 3%. Well, the money that I could take and pay off my mortgage I have earning me more than the interest rate on my mortgage. So if I can make 8 or 9 or 10% on that money, it doesn't make sense to pay off a 2.75% loan, you know? Um, so when I talk about getting out of debt, I'm not necessarily talking about mortgages, though I understand the appeal to that for a lot of people. In a dollars and cents kind of way, it doesn't always make sense for everybody. When I think about saving money now that I'm out of debt, I think about two things. Earn more, spend less. Earn more, spend less. Every month, I do a very basic net worth spreadsheet. And all that means is in one column, I list the value of all of my assets. In the other column, I list any liabilities that we have, any debts that we have, primarily our mortgage, um, mortgages, multiple properties. And I'm always paying attention to the value of what I have. Earning more is a big piece of it. Earn more, spend less, invest the difference. And that doesn't have to mean investing in the stock market. It could mean investing in a high yield savings account, which obviously generally makes less than say the stock market, but it's a more liquid asset. And like when I am saving for our next home, I don't put that in the market. I put that in a high yield savings account, um, which of course is variable interest rate. But the process is still every month looking at how do I earn more moving forward in this next month, not in general, not over the next 12 years, but like in this next month, how do I bring in a little bit more? And even if you aren't self-employed, you can look at this. You absolutely can look at this. I've done episodes on that before, but it has never been more accessible for people to make more money. Never, ever, ever. Earn more, spend less, invest the difference. Have some sort of automated savings. Even if it's $5 a week, you will not miss it, but it will make a difference if you are putting $5 a week into the S&P 500 or something along those lines. My take is that it doesn't make sense to just let money accrue in a checking account because with the rate of inflation, you're just losing spending power. So you can be saving for a real estate investment. You can move that money directly into high yield savings. You can move that money directly into any number of investment vehicles. I also think it's really important, even if you just do it one time, to meet with a tax strategist. That is not the same thing as a CPA, an accountant. A tax strategist can look and say, hey, these types of savings accounts or these types of investment accounts are going to help you the most. Like one of the things, we do a bunch of things for the kids, but one of the things that we do being self-employed is that we have them on payroll. Uh, they have to be doing qualified work. You can't just pay them because you're they're your kids. Now my kids are young, so what that means is they have modeling contracts. And we have a certain number of photo shoots every single year, and I use the photos for marketing of my business, right? You can't go very far in Primal Potential and not see pictures of my kids. They're part, they're part of my, my marketing materials uh, for the brand that I have. If 
once they're a little bit older, they'll absolutely do things like stuff envelopes and, uh, you know, uh, you name it. I can think of a million things that they'll do once they're a little bit older. Um, but qualified qualified expenses, like qualified jobs that they can do that are age appropriate for them. And then that means they can be on my payroll. And because they're W-2 employees, I can fully fund their Roth. But I also uh, move a certain amount of money per child every week into a 529. 529 is a college savings plan, but it recently changed in that you can move a certain amount of 529 money over to an investment account if it's not used for educational purposes or it's not all needed for educational purposes. So uh, a lot of folks are resistant to do 529. It's like, well, what if my kid doesn't go to college? Well, we don't need to worry about that as much anymore because it can be rolled over into um, a retirement type account uh, without tax penalties if it's not used for education. So um you know, I'm always looking at how do I lower you know, the less money that I'm paying in taxes, the more money that I have to invest for the future. So I have worked with a tax strategist to do that. I also have a financial advisor who basically we say, what are your expenses now? When do you want to retire? All the typical stuff that any any retirement planner is going to do with you. How much money do you think you're going to need when you retire? And you work backwards from there. Um, again, not my area of expertise, certainly an area of interest for me, but I think the biggest two things to focus on, earn more, spend less. Even if it's an extra $100 a month that you have to invest, that makes a really big difference when we're talking a 10, 15, 20, 30 or more year horizon. So I, every month I'm looking at how can I earn more? Every month I'm looking at are there expenses that we can cut? And for example, you know, there are things with the, the babies that won't always be expenses. So I spend a certain amount of money on, on diapers and wipes. Well, when the kids are out of diapers, instead of just letting that money be absorbed by something else, I know how much that is. And I'm just going to move that right into a, some kind of investment account, either for my retirement or for them or a little bit of both. Instead of just like, oh, well, now we have more money to spend on groceries. Like, no, it's an easy way to capture that kind of thing. So, I don't know. Read a lot of books. Read a lot of books. Identify experts in the field of finance. Learn from them. Pay attention. A lot of folks are just being very passive about their money, and they couldn't tell you how much money a year is going to retirement. They couldn't tell you what their monthly expenses are. A lot of people couldn't tell you what their take-home income is in their household in a given month. Pay more attention. Start to take it seriously. Don't just hope that it all works out or I'll deal with it later. Fly by the seat of your pants. Really act as though you are that money's manager and you are an active manager of that money and start paying a lot more attention, you'd be amazed at how much money just gets wasted because you're not paying attention. So if I could say one takeaway other than earn more, spend less, invest the difference, it would be really begin to pay attention to what is coming in and where it's going, your financial accounts, your your investment opportunities, pay attention to absolutely all of it. Don't forget to register for the free training series, primalpotential.com forward slash free dash trainings. If you haven't yet, please go to the dagneyfoundation.org. You can register for the virtual 5K or you can just give a donation, even if it's one or two dollars. Guys, again, 
I have this goal of 5,000 people participating in the 5K, which again is, is virtual. You can do it from anywhere. And that feels like such an unrealistic goal, which is crazy to me because there's way more than 5,000 people that listen to this podcast every week. So I'm just, if I could get everybody, like if I could get everybody to go and give just $2 to the dagnyfoundation.org, the impact that we could make, the money doesn't go to me, right? The money goes to the Dagny Foundation. And even when we have events, like we, we you know, the, the 5K that's coming up, I pay for those. The foundation doesn't pay for those. I want the money in the foundation to go directly to families who are navigating infant crisis and infant loss. So I would just love your support in that. Go to thedagnyfoundation.org. If you want to register for the virtual 5K, that would be awesome. But if not, even if you can give a dollar or two uh, donation, if I could get 5,000 people to support this amazing cause for this year, that would just mean so much to not only our family, but every family that we are able to support. Oh, the winner of my favorite protein. I'll link it up in the show description. Cindy Heyer. H-E-I-E-R. Thanks so much for listening and leaving a review. Email me, elizabeth at primalpotential.com. Let me know where you were the winner for uh, 1078. Include your mailing address and make sure you email me within 60 days of this episode airing. All right, everybody. Have an amazing day. I'll talk to you soon.